You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Regulators! Mount up! a clear black night, a clear white moon, Warmer G was on the streets, trying to consume some skirts for the E, so I can get some phones, rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Just hit the east side of the LBC, on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Good evening, Cleveland Browns fans. Welcome into this Locked On Browns podcast, and welcome to a night where I feel like regulators mount up just feels like the right kind of anthem uh, for a lot of reasons. This podcast was supposed to start a while ago, but unfortunately started into a conversation on Twitter regarding quarterbacks and Blake Bortles and all kinds of stuff that just kind of set us back a little while and probably led to the regulators music to kind of intro today. So I just wanted to uh, take some time to talk a little bit about what's going on with our Cleveland Browns. As obviously, this is the Locked On Browns podcast. And so uh, the Browns right now don't give us a ton to talk about in ways that um, that are hopeful, that are looking towards um, the future in a positive way, especially over the next uh, 10 games. But um, I think they still give us, obviously, as they always do, a lot to talk about. And so uh, the first news of the day, it looks like Josh McCown, the guy who um, got hurt uh, in the home opener, and you could tell it was very emotional about that. Not sure, kind of talking about not sure how long he would he has left in the league and what his kind of future looks like and wanting to make the most of everything and um, really has his teammates believing in who he is as a person and uh, believing in the effort that he gives. It looks like he'll be returning this week, which uh, at some level is a, a positive thing. Um, teammates like him a lot. Uh, the problem I have and the concern that I have is um, what happens after this game. And so we'll talk a little bit about the concerns for McCown in the actual game. But um, looking forward, it seemed to make a lot of sense, if healthy, that Cody Kessler started the rest of the year. There was no real point to putting RG3 or Josh McCown back in as the rookie had looked pretty good. Uh, not perfect, not anything that he hasn't blown anybody away. But he has looked good, and so uh, the fact that he didn't look out of his league, uh, that he got his feet wet and really kind of made something of himself, looked good, right? It's, it's something, at least to give the Browns fans something to be a little excited about, even if he's not the greatest quarterback in the world, uh, even if he doesn't uh, leave fears of, of Andy Dalton. But now, with Josh McCown starting, because Cody's still in the concussion protocol and, and not able to most likely play this week, Again, that's the right decision. It's a decision that has to be made based on uh, Cody's health. But really, it's going to lead to the question of what do the Browns do from here? Kessler coming out just because McCown got healthy or just because RG3 got healthy made very little sense. Kessler has to come out because of health. Now, do you take Josh McCown out? The team seems to rally around him. The team seems to like him. So... Kessler clears the concussion protocol on Monday. What does Hugh Jackson do? I think that's really where um, the Browns really have to have a strong sense of what they want to do this season. With McCown, maybe that leadership, um, someone to, to, to really stabilize the, um, the huddle, 
to make the right plays and audibling and all that kind of stuff. Maybe that's the direction they want to go in, not because they think Josh McCown is anything for the future or anything like that, but just because maybe they believe that they can win some games. Maybe they believe McCown gives them the best chance to do that this season. Maybe they believe McCown gives them the best chance of recruiting free agents uh, because of how he plays and how they treat the veteran. So there are some reasons for them to keep Josh McCown in. Those reasons are not long-term. And it seems like, again, for all of us from the outside looking in, that the Browns are thinking about the long-term. And that's where Cody Kessler returning to the starting job makes a ton of sense as well. Do the Browns want to see Kessler continue to develop so they can make a decision for their top or some of their top draft picks next year? That's why Kessler makes sense. Allow a young kid to develop, allow him to get some film out there, allow him to see how will uh, defenders uh, and defensive coaches kind of adjust as they get film on him to see, can he develop? The conversation tonight um, on Twitter was because of Blake Bortles, who's playing on Thursday Night Football and not looking great, is he looked pretty good at times during his rookie season. But as tape has been out on him, and as he's not been able to develop, he's really, really regressed. Now, there's lots of possible blame for that. His offensive coordinators have changed. Um, maybe it's a work ethic thing. Maybe he wasn't that good in the first place, right? We've seen some of that from Carson Wentz already this season. Is He looked pretty darn good in his first couple games. Some of it was because of the defenses he was playing. Um, some of it was because they didn't have tape on him. And since they've gotten tape on him, we've seen some uh, struggles, right? And so the same thing with Kessler for the Browns is if they decide to play him over Josh McCown once he's healthy, whether that's uh, hopefully would be next week at the, at the latest, is allowing defenses to get tape on him and seeing how Kessler adjusts. Was he looking okay? Was he looking good enough that you can say, wow, he has developed, he has shown something? Or does he start to regress? Does he start to show the Blake Bortles kind of progression where as defenses get kind of a, a, the, the beat on him, can he adjust? Can he do anything? Or does he kind of fall back uh, to what we kind of expected coming out of USC where he seemed to struggle a lot? He struggles when he holds onto the ball. He makes worse decisions. He gets hit, those kind of things. So, that's really the decision-making that the Browns have to go through when Kessler is, is healthy. Josh Kessler being injured really puts him in a difficult position. Pulling the veteran like Josh McCown really can kind of affect the locker room and how the other players are kind of feeling. But putting Cody Kessler out there gives them a chance to really see what they have for the future. How does Kessler adjust? Can he develop as the season's going on? And as defenses get kind of a feel for him and an understanding for him, that's going to be really, really important for their future. But do the Browns care about their right now? Do they care about possibly putting together a couple wins this season under someone like Josh McCown? Do they care about what it says to free agents about their desire to win? Or maybe they're worried about looking like the Philadelphia 76ers who uh, had no desire to win right away and uh, always talked about trusting the process. So um, that's really going to be a tough decision for the Browns to make. Unfortunately, because of Josh McCown's um, willingness, and maybe that's the, the positive side of it, 
but his holding on to the football uh, as long as he does has caused a lot of his hits. And so behind an offensive line without Joel Batonio, um, and it's kind of a mess right now and has caused everybody behind the line uh, except for Kevin Hogan. So far, everyone who has uh, played quarterback has gotten hurt one way or another. Uh, Pryor's injuries weren't related to being quarterback, but he did get hurt. RG3, uh, Josh McCown, uh, Cody Kessler have all gotten hurt. Charlie Whitehurst got hurt. So there's a lot of injuries that happened because of, as a part of it being the offensive line. And so my worries for McCown, and which could alleviate the worries about whether they start Kessler or McCown, is as he holds the ball behind that offensive line, he's going to get hit. Is he healthy enough to withstand those hits after being out for the last few weeks? Looks like we're going to find out because it looks like Josh McCown is back on the jersey as the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns going into this week. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. All right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors Mm -hmm. (laughs) and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how... If you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. The other big, and I, if you saw me right now, I'm making quote marks in the air, big news of the day was um, Todd McShay saying there is no top flight quarterback in this draft. And except for some rare exceptions, Jameis Winston, Andrew Luck uh, being two of the most recent ones, whenever, unless there's that guy who has been uh, kind of anointed for years um, in college football, unless there is that guy with that name recognition, the this is kind of what we hear. This is kind of, we can just kind of knock it down, one, two, three, here's how things go. And so... Uh, It started off already. We had a player like Deshaun Kaiser and Mitch Trubisky start to kind of pick up some steam as good. Um, Remember that last year? That was called Paxton Lynch. And then uh, they start to kind of taper off a little bit, especially in Kaiser's uh, kind of uh, role. And then you get the kind of there's no franchise level quarterback. And then as things go on, you start to hear about some random uh, player with this huge arm that's just rising up draft boards. Um, We call this the Tom Savage Award. He's going to be drafted in the first round and teams love his arm strength and think they can develop him. Here's the thing about college football at this point in time. It's almost impossible, almost, to really have a good understanding while watching film and tape of what a quarterback can and can't be. The systems are so uh, simplified in college that there are very few quarterbacks that will come out in the next five to ten years that you'll be able to say Andrew Locke, Jameis Winston type that they're going to be great. Even with Winston, there were some concerns about his maturity and those kind of things, uh, and a lot of his decision-making. He had a lot of interceptions uh, that concerned people. Even he wasn't kind of seen as the guy. Cam Newton 
there were some who wanted Blaine Gabbard, I believe, was in the same draft. Um, I think that sounds right to me. It might not be exactly accurate, but there were, there were a lot of people who weren't sold on Cam Newton. He's just an athlete. He's not a franchise-level guy, even though he was big, right? Then you have the the Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater draft. Who went? Who's the first quarterback drafted in that one? Blake Bortles, who we talked about already and who's playing tonight. And so um, Derek Carr in college, his offense and kind of what he was running, it made it difficult to know what he's going to be. You know, he has a big arm, but if you haven't by now figured out that big arm, strong and big quarterback only means they can take some hits, but means nothing about playing the position, then you're missing something. By the way, Josh McCown, he's a pretty big quarterback, actually. And he got injured. So size doesn't always matter. Now, I think it has some value. But just because you can throw the ball really hard or really far and just because you're a big strapping dude doesn't really mean anything. And so I think it's important to realize why, while many of you on Twitter have told me there is no franchise guy, that you don't want a skinny guy like Deshaun Watson or um, or there's now a lot of you that want Deshaun Kaiser or want Trubisky uh, Kaiser because he's this big strapping guy who who can throw the ball pretty far and and he's a quarterback at Notre Dame and Trubisky because he can throw the ball and he throws it a lot and his numbers are great and he's a local product and he's got some good size to him. It's tough to figure out what what a quarterback is and isn't going to be coming out of college. The important thing really is coaching. It really comes down to, do they have the foundational base to be a good quarterback in the league? Marcus Mariota coming out of Oregon really wasn't in a system that was pro-friendly. He's really developing over time. He has the base. He has the football IQ. He has the good footwork. He uses his eyes to move defenders. And he's accurate with the ball. Many wouldn't didn't want him because he was too small, because he played in the Oregon system, all kinds of things. But the way college football is now, you have no clue, based on the system that someone's playing in, what they can or can't do. Just because they have big stats, just because they have a big arm, doesn't mean they're going to be successful in the NFL. So it really isn't about any of those things. It's about the foundational things. A quarterback in college can show great poise, great drop back, throw a great pass, and it gets knocked down at the line of scrimmage. It gets knocked, it gets dropped. Um, it was a misread between him and his wide receiver. There's a lot of things that can happen that on film it looks like they didn't make the right play. Also in college, you don't know what kind of coaching they're getting. Um, the fact that Brian Kelly has uh, moved Deshaun Kaiser out and talked about benching him, those kind of things, that tells you a lot about maybe there's not great coaching there. And so, um, you know, Blake Bortles, we can just be real honest, self-disclosure here. Blake Bortles is the guy that I thought was going to be really good. Big, strong, can move, uh, saw a lot of good footwork and accuracy in college. He hasn't looked great. That's on me from an evaluation perspective because it's hard to evaluate quarterbacks. The league looks different in the NFL than it does in college. And so at this point, really, we can look back and try to figure out what do good quarterbacks look like? What do they have as kind of their base? And kind of go from there. 
Um, and so what does that look like? One thing, and you, there's a guy, Pete Smith, on Twitter that uh, him and I agree on a few things, not a lot, uh, one of which is experience. And so I'd for me, Deshaun Kaiser wouldn't be my pick unless I was committed to sitting him for at least a year. He wouldn't be my pick. Trubitsky really wouldn't be my top overall pick. Um, and I'm not totally sure I'm sold on him even in the first round. Deshaun Watson would be, and that's because of experience. There are very, very few quarterbacks, and it's one of those things that kind of gets researched from an analytics perspective, who uh, have either come out as redshirt sophomores, so after their third season, or have have come out after only starting basically for one year. Trubitsky would be the one year, and Deshaun Kaiser is a redshirt sophomore. And so what we know is experience in college, really developing is a huge indicator of success at the pro level. Now, obviously, you need a lot of skills and talents and those kind of things, but I think we're seeing that from Cody Kessler. He developed at USC, was there for a while, didn't look great, but Hugh Jackson has made him look like a viable candidate to be quarterback at an Andy Dalton kind of level. And so as, as we get kind of set for mock draft season, right, it's Browns fans' kind of favorite season, it's important to realize just because they don't look like it in college doesn't tell you what they're going to look like in the NFL. It's about traits. It's about abilities and it's about experience. Everything else you can throw by the wayside, the stats, the numbers, and even some of the things that you see kind of watching the games on Saturday, you can kind of put those off to the side and realize that the Browns, if they do draft a quarterback high, are going to be drafting them based on characteristics, not results. The same way they drafted Cody Kessler based on characteristics, even though his results at USC were pretty poor. That is what's important now, because there are so few quarterbacks playing in the pro-style system, so few quarterbacks who you can watch on a Saturday and know for sure they're going to be good in the NFL. We just don't know. We have to trust the team. Whether you decide to trust Sashi Brown, Hugh Jackson, the rest of the Browns front office and regime is up to you. But just know that you and I can make the best guesses that we want about who's going to be a good quarterback at the next level. But really, in a lot of ways, that's what it will be, a guess. Who knows? Maybe it won't matter because maybe Cody Kessler is their guy. And I know some of you just groaned with me saying that. Thanks for stopping by this Regulators edition of the Locked on Browns podcast, a part of the Locked on Browns podcast network. Again, my name is Jared Mueller. You can argue with me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. That's J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Thanks for stopping by, and go Browns.